excited about today's topic because you can never know enough about it and it's everywhere. PRP or platelet-rich plasma injections are used for numerous treatments. I personally had it done when I received microneedling, aka a vampire facial service, where they draw your blood and use the separated platelets over your face as the needles penetrate your skin. I know it sounds awful, but it's not. That is very common, but what's newer to this type of approach in stimulating healing is its use on the scalp to promote hair growth. To help explain it all in full is my guest, Dr. Neil Bechter, a leading non-surgical cosmetic physician in the Toronto area. He is the founder and medical director of Dr. Bechter Cosmetics and lipdoctor.ca. That's right, he's an injections guy. He's also a Canadian-trained physician with over 20 years of practice. He started his training in aesthetic medicine in 2001 and has been upgrading his skills and techniques since then via global resources from France, Italy, the United States, Mexico, and Canada. To add to this, Dr. Becker teaches the application of PRP and PRP with fibrin, which is another method, to doctors and healthcare professionals through seminars and college lectures. To learn all about how PRP injections are helping people grow healthier hair and stronger hair, listen in. everybody and welcome to another episode of Hair Like Hers, a show that's all about women's hair health and wellness. I'm your host, Shab Reslin, and today I'll be discussing the new hair treatment that everyone is talking about as it's gained popularity more recently since its inception over 30 years ago. You may have heard of it, the PRP hair treatment. We're recording from the World Trichology Conference being held in my hometown, Toronto, Canada, And today, joining us on the show is Dr. Neil Bechter, who is here to enlighten us with everything PRP and how it benefits hair loss and hair thinning issues. Welcome, Dr. Bechter. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you for having me, Shab. So you're an expert in elective cosmetic procedures, including non-surgical hair restoration. That means safe and non-invasive, correct? That's correct. If you can please, for our listeners, describe in layman's terms, what exactly is PRP with regards to hair growth? Well, PRP is a substance we're taking from your own blood. Basically, what we're doing is extracting the plasma, that's the water part of the blood, and the platelets. Uh, so platelets are found in your blood. They, w- they are what help you with blood clotting and healing if you get injuries. Hence the term PRP, platelet-rich plasma. So the plasma has all sorts of wonderful things in it, all the vitamins and nutrients that are found in your blood. And then we add the platelets in there um, to induce a response from your hair follicles. So basically when we're injecting this into the scalp, we're inducing a response from stem cells, which are you know cells that can change into different types of, of tissue. Um, to proliferate in the scalp and form new hair follicles. And we're also adding uh, some anti-inflammatory effects. We're decreasing inflammation in the scalp and bringing uh, more blood to nourish those follicles. And who exactly performs these PRP injections? Do you have to be a medical professional? Generally speaking, in Canada and the U.S., supposed to be a registered medical professional. Unfortunately, like other aesthetic procedures, there's lots of people doing it who shouldn't be doing it. 
Of course. Okay, that's a good one to keep in mind. What are the most common hair issues that people come see you for PRP injections? Most of the time, people are coming in with thinning hair or hair that's falling out. Some people will come in and say, you know, I've lost that thickness of my hair um, and it looks more wispy or it's dry. I've had a few people who come in and say it's brittle. It breaks really easily. I've had a, a number of um, African-Canadian pa patients who come in and say, you know, my hair will grow to a certain length and then it'll break and it right. won't go past that length. So it can be any variety of, of issues. So Generally, even someone that doesn't necessarily show an obvious sign of thinning can come to you and say, it's not what it quite used to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Some people come in and just say, you know, I've had some women who have, uh, I'm looking at their hair and I'm like, oh yeah, I, I know a lot of women would kill to have this hair. And they're like, well, you know, this isn't what it was like just two years ago. Of course. I can relate to that also. Uh, from behind the chair, I've always had people tell me, oh, you should have seen my hair a few years ago. I'm like, well, none of us have the hair we had when we were little girls. Yeah. Post-pregnancy is a very common time for me to see some women. They, they come in, you know, after they've given birth um, quite often to their first or second child. And they say, you know, my hair after I gave birth is just falling out like just like craziness. Of course. Of course. And, and so it's safe to do while you're breastfeeding? Absolutely. That's good to know. Is there anyone that should refrain from receiving PRP? Generally speaking, if you have a condition on the scalp where you're not sure what it is if it could be something precancerous or it's a cancerous lesion if you've had any injuries to the head or surgeries on the uh, on the head or on the scalp where they've had to remove some bone and you have a, an area that may not be protected right um, when you're injecting those probably are not good candidates for it um, some people who have low platelet counts uh, are chronically anemic Right. Those are people who may not respond well to the treatment. Okay, so. right, but still safe to do on them. It's safe to do. Okay, so it's very rare instances that yes. you don't qualify for it. Yes, because we're using your own blood product, Right. it'd be very rare for somebody to have a reaction to it. Okay. Do you see a difference in the results on women compared to men? You know, that's a question that we get asked quite often. In fact, I've had women who've come in and said that, oh, we've heard this treatment is only for men. But no, the results on the studies for this show that men and women can benefit from uh, treatment with PRP. And generally speaking, they have about the same kind of response when they do respond. Yeah. Okay, that's great. Good to know. Now, you've discussed the importance of quality of a PRP treatment for effectiveness. Can you speak to us a little about that and how one can ensure that they are, in fact, receiving an effective treatment from their professional? The first and foremost thing is to make sure that it is a medical professional who is doing the treatment. It is a medical treatment. You also want somebody who's going to take a thorough history from you, uh, screen you for other causes of hair loss, you know, things like nutritional deficiencies, metabolic disorders like diabetes or thyroid disorders. Um, also will address things like stress and sleep um, to just make sure that you're getting an optimal result. The other thing you want to be careful of is somebody who's really cheap on their price. Right. You have to be careful because I know that typically the the machinery and the the equipment that we need to isolate this is expensive. Uh, even each treatment when we're using the the isolation tubes, they're expensive. So right. somebody who's really cheaply priced may be doing something in there that isn't quite kosher. 
Um, I know in Canada, people have been using some of the tubes that are used in blood draws to do, um, um, you know, some of the tests that are done when we take blood, which are not the right isolation tubes. They have the gel in them to separate out the plasma, but you're not getting that nice separation of uh, platelets. It's not sterile um, because they're never intended to do this particular thing. So you may be getting something that's not real PRP being injected back into you and being charged for it. And that's just frightening and risky. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I always stress the importance of making sure whoever's doing the treatment is a licensed medical professional because our colleges are regulating us. We're not going to go and do things that are dangerous uh, or unethical. Right. So in speaking to that, do you have any tips on how to pre-screen the professional? Anything that the the client can do or, or any kind of due diligence or questions that they can ask? Typically, as I said, watch the price because if it's too cheap, usually if it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Of course. Um, But also ask if they're a registered and licensed medical professional. Typically, you want a doctor or a nurse. Um, In some uh, jurisdictions, trichologists can do the treatment as well. Um, But typically, it's going to be a nurse or a doctor. Even nurses need to have, in Canada and most places in the U.S., you need to have a... Uh, medical director if you're a nurse who's supervising you so you want to ask who's the medical director right okay. it, uh, I've, I've heard of situations where nurses have lost their medical director but they still have supplies and they're doing the treatment without a medical director of course. right so you want to make sure that that's all done you want to make sure that the medical professionals asking you screening questions looking for you know are you um, is everything where it should be in terms of you know you know any chronic diseases that you have are they managed well are they asking about you know did you take certain medications that may inhibit platelets so you're not going to get the same effect from the treatment right, right? so you all really good to know yeah not just someone that's just like you know trigger happy and ready to just start injecting right <laughs> if they say come in we're going to do it right now that's it not uh, good that's, that's run not a good sign that's great that's really good to know What is cocktailing exactly? So there are some professionals out there who have started adding things into PRP. There are situations where somebody might add minoxidil, for example, and and use that as a as a mix with the PRP and inject that in, or finasteride. Wow, Um, these are common hair loss medications. Um, But the thing to keep in mind with those kinds of medications is they're not one-time use medications. Right. So they're, they're really injecting something in there that may not be necessary, may have some side effects for you um, and probably is not giving you a whole heck of a lot of benefit. To right. That makes with. perfect sense. That makes sense because they're they're intended for daily use and, and long term use and long term use. Right. And they would be overcharging for something like yeah. that, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. Over the past few years, I've noticed results on some of my own private clients who've had PRP from professionals, but I've heard it can be very painful. And I know a lot of people are afraid of getting it because of this. What can one really expect? So there are things that a practitioner can do to minimize the pain. It's not going to be pain free, but typically I know when I'm doing my procedures, you know, if you go with a pain scale or a grade of pain from one to 10, 10 being like severe, you know, you're giving birth kind of pain. Um, okay. Most people who I do it for graded as a two or a three out of 10. 
Okay. Uh, and is that with without the the use of any type Yeah, of I don't use any type of or No. No, I'm you don't just use doing the injection. So Okay. You know, there are initially when these treatments were started, people were doing an intradermal. In other words, they were injecting it into the skin itself. Um, and creating this little bubble of of PRP in the in the skin, that's quite painful. Okay. Um, but subsequent studies, if you keep up with these things, show that you know if you inject just directly under the skin or subdermally, right, um, you're not really changing the effectiveness of the treatment, and it's much less painful, right? So if you go just under the skin rather than into the skin itself, yeah, um, you probably will get a similar result without the the pain that's inflicted on on, on, on people. Right? Okay, so, so what you're saying is it doesn't have to hurt. It doesn't have to hurt, exactly. Okay. All right. Um, is there is there anything for people that are still afraid, like anything that can eradicate that pain, just to take it to a zero if possible? So if... If you use an auto injector, there are some clinics like I, I do that sometimes too. Yeah. Um, they'll use an auto injector. It's using a very fine needle. It's actually an intradermal injection, but it's a micro injection. We're using micro droplets into the into um, the scalp itself, into the skin itself, okay. around the hair follicle, and that does almost a hundred injections per minute. Okay, I've seen this thing. I saw a photo of it. it looks like a gun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So that because it's such a fast injection using such a tiny needle typically is almost pain-free um i have had patients who have had it done elsewhere yeah. in the past and they've developed chronic migraines after the treatment or really bad headaches and they were afraid to get it done they've come in we've done it with the auto injector and they're like wow that i, I didn't feel anything <laughs> i see so they've done it previously without the auto injector yes okay interesting yeah and so is that just like an expensive machine is that something that just you know what would prevent any doctor well, from any using doctor that? it's a it's okay. a it's a it's a machine that uses compressed air to operate um there are some people who are using a microneedling pen yep. to push it into the scalp. I'm not an advocate of that. Okay, I think interesting. That the, pen, that? the pen causes a lot of trauma when you're using it too, right? Because it's more of a, uh, as you're dragging the pen across the, the skin or the scalp surface, it's, it's creating these micro tears rather than micro injections. Um, so for me, I'm not a big fan of of the pen i like the micro droplet injection so each individual needle poke is a is a is precise. a micro injection it's yeah. precise direct a, yeah you can get a deeper penetration with the needle um as compared to micro needling okay great and you've mentioned that about 30 percent of patients don't respond to the treatment so what alternative would you recommend to them well people who don't respond to prp treatment um really there's not that much that can be done i mean you you always have hair transplantation um of course. but medication is the only other alternative of course you want to optimize any other things that may be causing the hair loss you know nutritional deficiencies as i said if you're diabetic you want to make sure your sugars are well controlled if you have hypothyroidism or low thyroid hormone levels you want to make sure you're taking your your medication regularly and and monitoring it regularly you want to reduce your stress levels make sure you're getting enough sleep um those are all things that go into a healthy scalp, healthy hair, right. and just general health overall anyways. So that's right? really great. I mean, it's it's really nice to speak to a doctor that acknowledges that because that is, you know, the general consensus of, of some of the leading doctors that I've spoken to and that it is a bigger picture. Of course. Right? I mean, if you smoke, yeah, right, smoking on its own, we know it affects blood flow and causes inflammation. So yeah. 
if you're a smoker, cutting back or stopping smoking on its own will improve your hair. Right, just like that. Just one other simple step. So I finally have one question for you that I ask most professionals when they get on this show. Where do you see the future of hair loss treatments heading? Well, there's some exciting things coming down the pipe. Um, Well, first of all, with PRP itself, I mean, there's lots of work still to be done. There's no standardized treatment protocol that's been completely figured out. Nobody can say, yeah, do it exactly this way because it's going to give you the best results. So that needs to be fine-tuned. But there are um, researchers who are working with stem cells. Um, So uh, out of BC or Vancouver... Um, there's some exciting stuff coming down the pipe where they're taking a biopsy from the scalp and they're culturing the stem cells out of that and then injecting them back into the scalp. And we're seeing some preliminary results. They're doing some, I think, phase two or phase three trials out of wow. Japan right now on, uh, on this, and they're getting some very good results. The challenge is, is in the U.S. and Canada, yes. um, there are ethical issues around culturing stem cells and using them as treatment because we don't know the long-term effects um, in terms of, you know, do they cause skin cancers? Are they right. going to be, you know, are they, are there something deleterious or something bad that's going to come down with those later on? Right. And so this is across all stem cell, you know, um, treatments? Yes. The right now, as far as my understanding it's of it is, you cannot culture stem cells and reintroduce them as a treatment right now in Canada. I believe it's the same as in in the U.S. right now, too. Interesting. It's still some juicy stuff. It's good to know. It's good to know that the industry is moving forward. Um, And there there is. There definitely seems to be a lot of research that's constantly happening because everyone's trying to figure that cure out for hair loss. Absolutely. It's a big thing, right? People have a lot of self-esteem issues and social issues when they're losing hair. Yeah. They they lack confidence. They you know, they don't want to they they I mean wigs are in, wigs are also something that people can use hair pieces, you know, uh, bonded hair, all Absolutely. these kind of things if they don't want to go that route of surgery or medication. Of right. And I look at those as a last resort. Well, Dr. Bechter, it was such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you very much for joining us on the show and sharing your expertise and shedding light on PRP treatments for hair loss. Thank you once again for having me on the show. Hopefully this gives some people some clarity on what to expect with the treatments and what to look for in a properly qualified practitioner. I'm sure they will with thanks to you. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you all for today's show. You can find more information at lipdoctor.ca or email them at info at lipdoctor.ca. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you've heard and you can think of a few other women to share this podcast with, please do. I love reviews, so let me know your thoughts and other subjects that interest you. And don't forget to subscribe and listen in every other week. Follow us on social at Hair Like Hers Podcast or shoot us an email at grow at hairlikehers.com. Dot co.